0: Welcome into this week's episode of Laker Sports Talk, a production of Laker Country 104.9. I'm your host, Zach Oaks, joined alongside co-host Derek Aaron. And uh, Derek, uh, we had an action-packed episode last week. Not as much to get to this week, but we do have a couple of notes we want to get to. We're also going to bring on uh, Lucas Ford, the new uh, Russell County football coach, for an interview later on. But before we get into that, we do have a a few notes. And... uh, Derek, another thing, we're going to touch on the uh, potential high school transfer portal, which uh, has drawn a lot of controversy since the KHSAA uh, brought up the topic this week and uh, thought it might be a good idea to kind of... Discuss what that might look like a little bit and, uh, you know, what kind of effect it might have here and across the state. But uh, first off, just how how are you doing this week? Doing good,
1: Zach. A little rainy, a little wet out there as we record this right now. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Lakers, uh, Lady Lakers getting ready for district tournament action coming up as the regular season winds down. So, uh, you know, like I said, we had a lot to get to last week and we'll touch on just a few things today uh, regarding that. But you know, district tournament time is upon us. You can feel it in the air. You can, t- you know, feel the little bit of spring is outside mm-hmm. in doses. And uh, you know, baseball, softball coming on soon. So it's kind of a, a transition
0: period yeah. between the winter and the spring sports. Yeah, most of the winter sports have ended outside of basketball, and that's and that's kind of starting to wrap up. And then uh, before you know it, our spring sports are going to start. We're at baseball, softball. We're going to be outside a lot more. So, uh, but. Like you mentioned, district tournaments at Cumberland County or at sorry, at Clinton County. Uh, Last year was at Cumberland. This year it's at Clinton County. Um, Both of those coming up Monday night in a uh, Russell County doubleheader. The boys will be taking on Clinton County. Girls taking on Metcalf. Both one seed versus four seed matchups at Clinton County. Going to be going to be a tough road for Russell County Monday night. Um, Could they pull the upset? Never say never. Yeah. yeah. But uh, a t- both tough matchups for uh, for the Lakers Monday night, hoping to get a win and extend their seasons.
1: That's right. Uh, yeah, a tall task ahead, obviously. Uh, anytime you're playing the, the one seed, you've you got to, you know, Come to to the game ready to play and battle, and do what is necessary to get the victory. You're going to be a tough one, uh, of course. Uh, Clinton County the boys will take on Clinton County, obviously in their home gym. That will be a tough one, uh, and Metcalf County will take on the Lady Lakers, Metcalf County all year long just been a just a tough stalwart there in the in the district so uh uphill climb for the lakers lady lakers but man we've seen crazy things happen in district tournament action before so you know you got to win this first game to move
0: on to the regional tournament and there's always a possibility and it should be a Pretty good crowd there Monday night. Uh, Of course, like you mentioned, you know, Clinton County's boys are going to be playing in their home gym. But then with both the boys and girls playing uh, Monday night, should be a lot of Russell County fans in the stands, or at least we we hope to see a lot of uh, Russell County fans there uh, with both of them playing. Should be a pretty good crowd. And then uh, Metcalf County, another another team that, you know, uh, their fans travel really well. So should be a a pretty uh, energetic environment there Monday night in Albany. But uh, like I said, you know, T- you know, tough road up ahead for them. Could pull the upset. There have been crazier things happen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, with the boys, uh, you know, played played Clinton County fairly close for right. uh, both games this year. Actually, yeah. I think, actually I think if you look at it, you know, Russell County's probably played Clinton County better than they've played Metcalf or Cumberland. And that's true. Oddly yep. enough. But uh, so. You never know. The home the home court advantage is going to be another obstacle to climb, but could happen. Uh, Metcalf County's girls, you know, uh, you know, far and away district leader. I believe they were undefeated in uh, district play this year, uh, so n- not an easy task there. But again, I keep going back to last year's softball. Um, you know, Cumberland County lost two matchups to Russell County. You know, lost by quite a margin, and then the district tournament. Uh, you know, just ha- you know, things just started falling their way. So you never know. You get a yeah, get a right, couple right. baskets to go your way. You know, a couple crazy things happen. You never know. Could uh, could turn your way.
1: And Zach, we talked about uh, before we started recording this over in District 15, I believe, of Bowling Green area, about what's going on there and how three of the top teams in the region, you know, only two of those are going to make it to the regional tournament.
0: Yeah, you have Bo- well, You have. I believe they had they actually had to have a coin flip to uh, determine the seeds, and so you have Greenwood, Warren Central, and Bowling Green—all you know, maybe on the boys' side, probably the three best teams in the region. Yeah, and only two of them will be able to go. It's it's weird how, in a way, it's kind of weird how all this sets up when if you have a packed district, you can have a team that is one of the best in the region, but won't make it to the region (laughs) tournament. It's one of the one of the weird, quirky things (laughs) about potentially. Have a chance to go to the Sweet 16 if the cards fell right, yeah. but then they don't even make the regional tournament. Any of the <laughs> I, any of those teams, and I, I, I really believe it, any of those teams could win the fourth region. Yeah. And it, it's one of those weird, quirky things that uh, that we have here in Kentucky and in high school athletics. But it's an interesting time. Um, and then, of course, you know, with district tournaments coming up, and I mean, well, then we'll get into region. And we'll kind of see if. Uh, We'll kind of see if Russell County has any representation in the region tournaments for basketball, but on the, on the other side of that, you know, we talked about a transition uh, baseball and softball coming up Uh, practices have already started for both. Um, I believe first softball game is March 15th. I believe they uh, lady Lakers will host Taylor County in the home opener. And uh, of course with that, you no know, new softball coach. Um, you know, if you listened last week, we talked with Michael Carpenter, and he he dropped a little nugget of knowledge on us, and uh, that uh, Tanya Rexroad was going to be uh, taking over as an interim head coach for the year. So Tanya um, got a lot of experience as a softball coach here in Russell County. She's worked with uh, worked with the 14U team a few years ago that. Uh, that made a run. Uh, she's worked with the middle school for years. Uh, very involved in the youth leagues. Right. Um, she has coached a lot of these girls through the years. Some familiarity there, They're, and I think I think if, if I recall correctly, I believe uh, I believe Michael really mentioned that that the familiarity of it was uh, something that a lot of the players, particularly this group of seniors, by the way. This group of seniors, man, for the spring sports, have really just gone through it. You yeah. t- I mean, this group—I mean, this group of seniors—they had their sophomore year uh, just totally, totally wiped out. Not, you know, not playing, and then uh, the next year you dealt with. A lot of cancellations and and schedule changes and and COVID pauses and and now you finally get to the senior year and you're like you're like oh my gosh it's almost over uh, so this group of uh, baseball and softball seniors true I, I I can't imagine Derek uh, but uh, and, and
1: some coaching
0: changes throughout their time as well yeah, especially yeah. on the softball side right, especially right um, I believe it was 2019 you had Ron McBeth that was coaching mm-hmm. uh, he steps away. You know, and then you have Scott Jones that comes in for 2020, but you don't have a season. Right. And then last year, you had, of course Scott play. You know, coaches his first season, um, and then he, and now he's stepped away to do some other things. And uh, and now Tanya's going to come in. So you're talking over these four years, three different coaches, in a year where you didn't play. Right, and definitely credit Tanya
1: for stepping up to the challenge with this. Just- Last minute, uh, you Between, know. Yeah, really. Last just, minute. Step in and, and take on that. I know that's got to be difficult. Yeah, you're know, not been prepared, planning for that, uh, but yet you you step in and, and fill the void where necessary, and, and just all the credit to her for uh, for accepting that challenge.
0: Yeah, because uh, and. Well, you know, we kind of talked about it last week, but it would be a real challenge to, you know, form a hiring committee and and gather applications and do interviews and try to get this all settled before your season starts in in a month. And so, uh, Tanya just being able to say, hey, you know what, I'll do this for a year, and then after the year's up, you know, we can go and do it. We can go and do a full scale search. Right. And I, you know, I think I think that was probably the best way to do it. Um, like I said, there's some familiarity with their Tanya knows these girls. They know her. Um, you know, she's experienced, and she's very capable of leading this team, which has a fa- a, quite a bit of talent returning. Uh, it's a good group that's returning. They, I think they returned three of their top five hitters in terms of uh, batting average. Um, record, they bring back one of their pitchers from last year and uh, got some young talent that's coming up. I mean, I, th- I mean, I think it's a— I think it's a team that can uh, will, will contend for the 16th district this year I, I believe that oh yeah so um, good for her and then of course of course Tanya was the middle school coach and so you have an opening there and uh, Mike Scott who is a former high school coach uh, he's an assistant girls basketball coach uh, filled a, just filled a lot of roles around the athletic department Um it, just a, a versatile coach, and we well, I, we love coaches that can step in in multiple sports. And, uh, but that's a, yeah, absolutely, that's a credit to uh, to the school to have someone like that, and
1: credit to Mike to be able to just fill so many uh, voids that come open. I mean, yeah, that's so, a utility
0: coach yeah, yeah. for sure. So, uh, my you know Mike, former, you know, formerly coached uh, the high school team, and then and then stepped away from that, and he's going to step in and uh, coach the middle school for the year, and then uh, mm-hmm. believe the plan is they'll have a you know they'll do a coaching search then too, so we'll have two coaching searches after the season ends. But it, just a really good way to go about that, and uh, glad to have coaches that can step in at last minute's notice because I, it was kind of unfortunate the timing. The timing was just not great, and that, that's no—that's no offense to Scott. Uh, oh, no, not not at all. I mean he—he um, he definitely had legitimate reasons for stepping away and uh actually want to just you know give him a big thank you for because uh, another thing Derek we talked about you know what the kids went through during that 2020 season Can you imagine being a first being this your first year coaching and then all of a sudden it's just all taken yeah, out from underneath you and you're trying to
1: the hype you've built the you know the relationships you've built and then
0: it's just the rug pulled out from an under you and, and and with all the restrictions that were put in place, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't have, even have workouts, or you couldn't have team meetings or anything. Yeah. Uh, so, and then coaching last year was everybody that coached last year uh, deserves credit because it was a mess. And they made the best of the situation. You know, it was a mess that none of them, that we can't fault any of them for. It was none of their faults. But it was just a mess in terms of scheduling and and trying to deal with COVID pauses and, and restrictions on uh, when and how you could practice and uh, all these kind of things. So. you know I want to give a big shout out to Scott he handled that exceptionally well um and did a great job with the softball team last year and wish him nothing but the best but you know unfortunately with everything that's happened the timing of it was just awful yeah and uh so we want to go. definitely want to give our shout out to uh, Tanya, Rexrode, and Mike Scott for stepping in filling these positions. Hopefully, we'll be able to have uh, Tanya on the podcast here in the next uh, few weeks as we kind of get ready for baseball, and softball coming up. Hopefully, we'll be able to have uh, you know David, Rexrode, and then talking about baseball and uh, Tanya Rexrode, maybe Rob Clark, some of those people kind of talking about some of these spring sports that are coming up. Um, other than that, Derek, um, I know we we touched on this in the beginning, but we might be having a transfer portal coming to Kentucky High School <laughs> Athletics, and it's not going to be exactly like we see in the in the college realm, um, which I, I think is probably a good thing. Uh, it's not going to be exactly the same, but the KHSAA is discussing... A possible one-time transfer rule basically a one time and you get one free transfer you know normally now the khsa transfer process is a convoluted convoluted <laughs> that is a great word because it is quite honestly a mess right. um, kids kids transfer for various reasons um, you know when you're in high school you're kind of at the you're kind of at the mercy of what of your parents, and so when a parent switches jobs and and they you know accept a job in another town, you've got to move and transfer schools, and uh, there's situations like that. There's there's a variety of reasons as to why kids transfer, and it would be naive for us to say that there's never been an athletically motivated transfer. <laughs> um, Super naive. Yeah, it would be it, very yeah. naive. We would sound like uh, we were. Coming out of the 19, early 1900s, if we believe that didn't happen, <laughs> uh, because it does. And I was reading, I was reading an article in the Courier Journal, and it mentioned that you know the KHSA said normally around this time they've had around 600, 700 transfers,
1: which sounds like a lot. It, it sounds, on sounds the like surface
0: a, anyway. It sounds a lot like a lot when you think about it. But you know, you take a couple here, a couple there, right. and adds it, up. Yeah, it adds up. So the issue is that this year. There have been around thirteen hundred. Wow. We're looking at essentially doubling, and That's crazy. Yep, the schools can't keep up with it. The KHSAA can't keep up with it, and so it's almost like it's almost like this rule would be just made out of desperation because they can't keep up with all the transfers. Because when you're talking about athletics, the there are certain criteria that the KHSAA says you have to meet to be able to be athletically eligible you know it has to be it has to be a transfer for these so many valid reasons most of it involves like a parent's job or something like that um you know there's some situations where like if a you know if a kid you know loses a parent for whatever reason uh and they have to move there's there's a variety of reasons that the khsa says yes you can transfer and be immediately eligible but there's there's a lot of reasons that aren't and it's up it's on the schools and the khsa to figure out if this reason for transfer is valid and when now when you have this many transfers the khsa just doesn't have the staff or money to keep up with it
1: yeah all their time is devoted to you know, researching these transfers and whether or not the
0: legitimacy of the that they claim is valid or whatever so yeah and so the khsa is looking at this one-time transfer rule to basically allow kids one transfer during their high school career and and be immediately eligible now there are obviously proponents and detractors of this rule, and to be quite frank with you, Derek, I think most of them, most if you are if you are heavily one sided on this issue, I believe you're probably a little naive about all the context of it yeah. because I think it's very complicated. On one hand, you know you, you know the proponents of this rule would say, "Well, why? Who are we to say that a kid can't?" move schools for a better opportunity. You you know, the examples often given of like a kid who play, who's a, you know, very talented quarterback and they've got a great arm and they believe they can play at the collegiate level and, um, you know, maybe make a career out of it. Okay. Why, why should they be stuck if they're at a school that runs a wing T offense and they throw the ball tw- two times a game? Yeah. There, so there's that. There is the argument of, Well, you know, maybe they want to play for a certain coach. Um, You know, okay, there's an argument there. Um, There's a variety of reasons. And one that I, you know, that I kind of lean into a lot, and I believe believe this is a great argument to make for a one-time transfer rule, is we let coaches do it. You know, I mean, there is nothing to stop a coach from leaving and, you know, immediately – Coaching another team. I mean, uh, you look at, like, Billy Carson. Billy Carson was the Russell County basketball coach last year. Mm-hmm. He left Russell County and is now coaching in Casey County this year. There was nothing saying, oh, you have to sit out of coaching for a year to be able to do this. There's nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. So if we allow it for coaches, why can't we allow it for players? Now, that's the proponent's side. <laughs> <laughs> the detractors. <laughs> the detractors, on the other hand, would say, oh, this just opens up free agency. Yes. And it... Uh, you know, it it teaches a negative lesson that uh, you shouldn't, that you can just, you know, back out of something yeah. and not stick with it. And student athletes are, you know, held to a different standard than, than the coaches. Yes. So th- there's, I mean, th- there's two sides to this. And I think. I think if you are very all in favor of it, and you think there's no reason why it shouldn't be the case, or you are very much against it, and you can't fathom why anybody would want this, I think I think both of those groups are wrong. Um, I think there's I think there's a lot to it, and who knows? I mean, the KHSA can kind of you know say that we want to do this, but I believe the way I understand it, and you know maybe we'll have. Maybe we'll have an expert that reaches out and proves me wrong. But I believe the schools would have to vote on it. So I don't know how the schools would vote. I, there will yeah. probably be some school administrators that say, yes, we we want to do this. And there will be some that will say, no, we don't want to do this. And it will affect every school differently. And there, I, I don't know. I, I do think... There's probably some concern that it would have ultimately have a negative impact on Russell County. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing. I mean, let, let's be quite frank about this. Over the last year and a half, there have been several athletic transfers out of Russell County, um, and I think it's pretty well known that they were athletically motivated. Um, you know, for whatever reason, we won't dive into all the reasons. There's the, everybody has their own, but I think I think it's fair to say that most of them were hit. Athletics played a significant role. I'll say that. I don't want, I don't want to say that they were it was all Athletics, but Athletics played a significant role. And it's it so far probably had a negative impact. Yeah. So I do want I, I do wonder if if this opened up it might would have a negative impact on Russell County, but you never know. You never know exactly how it's going to play out. You never know how many kids will utilize that. Will it be that many more than are already utilizing right, it? Right. So where do we
1: stand, kind of, with this, Zach? Is there going to be a vote soon by the KHSAA on this issue, or how how soon are we looking to maybe get this as one of the, the
0: you know the guidelines or, or protocols? Well, so uh, from what I understand, the KHSAA met this week and they said, you know, we don't want to spring this on the schools. You know, we want to we want to get this out there. And, you know, give schools time to think about it, figure out kind of where they stand. We don't want they said we don't want to, you know, throw this out there and say, oh, we're having a vote in two weeks, you know. So I don't think we're I don't think we're going to be in any rush to vote on this on on the school side. I'd imagine, you know, it may even be after the school year is over. Right. Um, But this is something that's been brought up and it's going to be a topic of discussion in a lot of athletic administrations Uh, a lot of these schools are going to have to figure out you know do you know do we want to support this do we not want to Um, and I, i don't know i don't know how these schools will do it like i said there'll be some that'll want it there'll be some that won't i don't know which will be the majority
1: yeah and you talked about having an impact in russell county just think of these big metro areas you know lexington louisville uh, northern kentucky where this will come into play just an unbelievable amount of of um, moving around i would imagine would take place oh if absolutely. this goes through
0: yeah A- absolutely and i believe that's where the most i believe that's where the majority of it would be is you look at lexington louisville northern kentucky uh, maybe some out in western kentucky yeah um I, I don't think i don't think it would be as common in the rural rural areas now will there be transfers in the rural counties yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um. Yeah. You know, I mean, there already is. You know. So we. It's hard to say. Well, there wouldn't be any here when there already is without a, well, without a one-time transfer rule in place. But yeah.
1: But you look at like a school like Cumberland County, doesn't have a football program. It got maybe some, some guys who who want to go down that path,
0: and this becomes an option for there, them. There you go. It, and it's you know that's what you're going to see. You're going to see a. a a number of different situations play out um, that would that would you know where this transfer rule would come into effect. Now, and I think you know when you look at those was it, either 1,300 or 1,400 transfers that have occurred this year, I think most of them have been concentrated kind of in in Louisville area because well you've got you've got one city with you know. Uh, multiple high schools. It's very easy to go yeah. from, uh, you know, uh, Manual to Mail or from uh, Ballard to Trinity or you know what. However, whatever these kids right, want to do right. uh, in the rural areas, I do think it gets a little bit. It, it's not as easy because there there are multiple counties like Russell County. Where there's just one high school, and so you'd have to go to a, total, to a whole other county, and, you know, you have the idea of the parents. A lot of times the parents will have to be involved with that, and uh, I think that's another thing we have to consider with with the rule, too, Derek, is the role of the parents. Um, right. You know, parents will play a huge role in that. Sure. and And some of the detractors of the rule say, well, there will be a lot of transfers that are not motivated by the kid but the parent. And I, that's something the KHSA will have to think about too. Um, you're, when you're dealing with kids, you know you're dealing with a lot of ki- a lot of people who are under 18 years old. The parents are going to be heavily involved, and so that's something the KHSA will have to think about too. Um, like I said, I don't know how it's going to play out. I, I don't cl- I don't claim to know. I don't claim to know what how the schools are going to vote. And I'll just be uh, to be quite honest with you. I think it has its pros and its cons. And I don't know. um, I don't know which is better. I was firmly in favor of the college transfer rule uh, because Mm -hmm. you're dealing with it's people over 18. Yeah. And I I, I think that's a little bit different. Um, I see the pros and cons of it. I see both sides of it. I think I think. It could go. I, I could go either way on it, and I'm not going to be, you know, terribly upset either way. But uh, I know there's a lot of people who have much stronger opinions. And I just encourage people to think about each side of this because I think I, I think it's a lot more. Uh, I think there's a lot more gray to this issue. I don't think it's it's not just black and white. I think there's a lot of gray area in this. That uh, no matter which side you're on, you you ought to consider. Well, you got to consider what the other side is uh, other side is looking like there, and that Derek, that sounds more like a just philosophical <laughs> argument that we can <laughs> apply to about right, anything. Right. But there uh, is a lot of gray area. You're right, Zach. But um, other than that, so uh, there's your update on the transfer portal, and as, as more news about that comes out, we'll we'll kind of keep you up to date on it and uh, what's going on with it, and if, if you know news breaks on it, we'll we'll bring it to you. But other than that. Um, you know, speaking of high school sports and speaking, you know, we talked about football a little bit, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into our interview with uh, new Russell County head football coach, Lucas Ford. He jo- he joins us here, so uh, let's get into that interview. Now making his debut on Laker Sports Talk and his debut as a Russell County coach, uh, Russell County Mighty Laker football
2: coach Lucas Ford joins us today. Lucas, how's it going, man? It's going great. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be in the community. Uh. It's all been positive so far, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting to work and uh, putting together a really, really tough football team this year.
0: So, um, you know, you're you're the new kid in town. You're you're uh, you're you're a new face, a fresh face here in town. And uh, so, tell people a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? Uh, where'd you grow up? You know, just kind of give people a
2: little background on who you are. Okay, good deal. I'm a. I was born and raised in Somerset, Kentucky. Uh, graduated from Somerset High School. Uh, from there, you know, went to Somerset Community College and went to University of Kentucky where I graduated college. Uh, throughout that time going to college, uh, I, I decided not to play in college, so I began coaching pretty much straight out of high school. I coached a couple of youth league teams, uh, had the opportunity, uh, I believe it was 2007, to coach at Lexington Catholic High School uh, as just kind of a an assistant to an assistant, <laughs> but uh, it gave me a chance. You know, exposed me to high school football, and uh, I kind of fell in love with. It, to be honest with you, they won a high school or they won a state championship that year, so I got to experience that. Uh, then from there, I graduated, went back to Somerset, and got a job. Uh, started teaching in my hometown and, and continued coaching. Um, and then, you know, I kind of got the itch to be a head coach so um i believe the year was 2016 uh or maybe 2014. i get my years confused but i believe it's 2014. (laughs) Uh, i took the head coaching job at caverna high school um, and it was of course a small school it's a little further west than here um i still taught in somerset but uh, we finished four and seven my only year there uh went back to somerset and then took a head coaching job at mccrary central high school and i was there for four years and then after that, I spent another season at Somerset, and that kind of brings me to where I am today. Uh, so did I understand you right? You said you were t- you were coaching at Caverna. Yes. And teaching in Somerset. I was. It was about, uh, with the time change, I could uh, I could barely get there as soon as school was out. Uh, so it, it would take me right at an hour and 20 minutes from door to door. Uh, but uh, I'd get there. The team would be waiting on me. I had a couple of good assistants that lived in town there, so they could kind of get things started wow. for me. And uh uh, I coached there that season. Uh, obviously, the drive got to be a little, a little too much, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, it was all, it was a fun season. It was a great experience. Uh, met some great people there. Uh, you know, just we couldn't ever work out the teaching job, so so I went back to Somerset. Yeah.
0: So you come back to Somerset and you coach there, and uh, you know, Somerset's a program that's had you know had a solid history. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a consistent. Uh, a consistent contender in in uh, in their class and and in that area what's uh what was that like especially coaching for uh, you know where you graduated and then being in a program that you know regularly had success
2: what was that like for you it was uh you know I yeah you know, obviously I cut my teeth there I, I learned most of what I know there so it was you know I, I, I'm blessed to, to, to come from there I, you know I was under some great coaches there coach Jacob who's head coach of Trinity High School now uh, and then coach Lucas who's been there for the past 12 or 13 years whatever however long it's been but you know he's obviously won a state championship there so I got to I got to learn from two great head football coaches on you know and both of them have different styles do different things and I could kind of pick and choose what what I liked out of it and you know and kind of take it on my own but it was a it was a great experience i was lucky to get the coach under them too and uh you know i couldn't have asked for anything more as an assistant
0: so you you've had a couple of head coaching stints but you went back uh to being an assistant with somerset mm-hmm. after those um what what made you flip the switch into wanting to be a head coach again and uh what what intrigued you about uh russell county
2: right when i went back to be an assistant it was a uh, it was a situation you know i was uh I was an, assist, an administrator at McCrary County as well, uh, which another great place, great people. Uh, but it just got to be too much. I have two small kids and a wife, and I wanted to come back home and, and kind of take a couple of years, just, you know, <laughs> yeah, take a, take a little time off. But yeah. uh, after those two years at Somerset, you know uh, – I think I used to apply for probably about every job open, but I, you know, obviously don't do that anymore. I was kind of, you know, choosy on what I would apply for as a head coaching job, and Russell County came open. Uh, You know, and Russell County's always had a solid program, always had a lot of kids playing, uh, really passionate community. Every time you know we played we played Russell County a lot when I was at Somerset and you know every time we'd come here the place would always be packed. I just remember you know people grilling out you know the barbecuing the the, the crowds you know having to walk through everybody to get to the field. It was just you know I always knew that it was a passionate fan base. Uh, I always had talent. Always had numbers. Uh, the, and the support here has just been so far has been unbelievable. To be honest with you, it's kind of blown me away. But uh, it's uh, that, that's kind of what you know dropped me to the job initially.
0: So um, you applied for the job and, uh, you know, what was uh, what was the interview process like? Were you nervous about whether you were going
2: to get it or what How what were your thoughts going through the application and the interview process and all that? <laughs> well, you know, I, I put in my application and, you know, of course, you never know if you're even going to get an interview. <laughs> or you know, some, sometimes you will, sometimes you won't. Uh, so I, I waited for, on it for a couple weeks and uh, finally got a call from Coach Carpenter there and asked me if I'd be interested in interviewing, uh, and I did. And, uh, you know, I've been, to, I've been to several head coaching interviews, so I feel like I'm pretty exper- <laughs> experienced mm-hmm. And it. I wasn't, you know, extremely nervous or anything, but, you know, the committee had me in, and I think they asked great, some great questions. You know, it's not, it wasn't just, a, you know, stuff they had written down that they asked everybody. They kind of dug into to my history, what I would do here, uh, you know, and, and I had a good feel from it. And I could tell from the, the committee that it's, it was going to be a group that was very passionate about football and sports and, you know, it kind of seemed like a really good fit for me. And I, after the, you know, after the interview process, it was a couple of days where I got the call with they you know, I made the decision and I was beyond excited. And, uh, of course I went home and talked to my wife and, and the kids and, and we were all on board and, you know, we, we just made it happen. <laughs> so, um,
0: so you come here now and, you know, you talked about, you talked about numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know. Normally, they've been good. Unfortunately, over the last few years, for a wide variety of reasons, those numbers have been down a little bit. Right. Uh, what is? What do you look at as how to get more kids in the schools interested in football? Mm-hmm. You know, coming out for the team and sticking with it. What's like? What's
2: the strategy there? Yeah, I don't know. I think you just got to be able to relate to people and kids. I don't know if there's any secret to it uh you just you know you have to be relatable and then you have to put a good product out uh i think you know uh you, you kids won't come out and play i mean they know they're they're smart enough if, if if the product is not you know something good and i think you know every day you have to come to practice as a coach with energy and excitement and enthusiasm and and that kind of that, that draws people in i think and it, and it takes time it's, it doesn't happen overnight but kids talk to one another if, if, if they like what's going on they'll talk to their buddies they'll come out and and, you know, and being in the school, the, the best place to recruit is the lunchroom. If you can hang out in the lunchroom, you can find a bunch of big guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: you know, one thing, uh, you know, when you were hired, uh, they heard a lot about was your involvement in youth league. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think it goes without saying that, you know, having a strong youth league and even, to, even to more so a, a strong middle school program, those younger levels, having, you uh, Having a programs that go that, you know, are, are well run and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, heavily in the, you know, where there's a lot of involvement, uh, those are critical to oh, yeah. a high school program. Um, what's your take on that
2: and what's, uh, are you excited to be involved in the youth leagues? How's that going to work? Yeah. So I'm, uh, you know, that's, that's, and I'm very passionate about the youth league. I've, I've, I've kind of always coach youth league along with high school just cause I've I've always enjoyed doing it, and I have kid, you know, a son playing now. So, you know, I, I coached this past season, but I, I've always been involved with the youth league. Uh, you know, it's it's one of them deals. We want to get as many kids playing as possible, you know, and, and we want to teach them a little bit. We do, but we want them to have a great time doing it because if they don't have a good time, they're not going to come back and play again. It's got to be fun. It's a game. Uh, but I do plan on being very involved. Uh, you know, we would like to – uh, get our youth league coaches and our middle school coaches, you know, kind of all on the same program using the same terminology and things like that. So the transition from one level to the next is easier, but uh, it's all about participation and the kids having a good time and, and being taught the, the fundamentals. So uh, I'm going
0: to go back to something you mentioned about, you know, what the, what the product on the field is. <laughs> um, ultimately that a lot of it, comes down to that, right. you know. There's all this other stuff, but a lot of it comes down to what are you putting on the field. Right. So uh, let's let's talk about that a little bit. What um, offensively? Mm-hmm. What is your philosophy? what uh, What kind of
2: offense do you want to see your team run? Right. Well, I think you know when I first started coaching ten or fifteen years ago, I'll, I'll say throw it seventy percent of the time. I love to air it out. But uh, <laughs> as I've coached longer, and you know, you're not always going to have the best talent. Uh, you know, week to week, uh, you may you know you may be up against the wall sometimes, but if you can run the football, I think you've always got a chance. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those deals, you know, it, it helps your defense, it helps just the overall team mentality. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we plan on pounding the rock. I like to call it pounding the rock. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna pound the rock quite a bit. Uh, but we are gonna, you know, it's not gonna be a 90% run or anything like that. We wanna be as close to 50-50 as possible, but we do we do believe in being physical and running the football, and then kind of building our our passing game off of that. And um, let's you know let's go to the other side of the ball, defense. Yeah. What's what's your defense look like? Well, uh, you know I said I like to run the ball, but defensively you got to stop the run. So, uh, <laughs> you know that, that that's going to be our primary focus. Uh, it's a uh, you know a physical brand of defense that likes to get eleven men at the football, take the football away. You know they can't score if they don't have it. So uh, we're gonna. We're going to get after people defensively, and you know, and football is a simple game. You got to tackle well, you got to block well, and you got to take care of the ball, and that's the three things we really help to do. So, um,
0: you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording here, just uh, just sitting there talking about how uh, you know today was the first day of weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, another thing that I think we you know goes without saying, but. You know these these days here are make a huge difference. Okay. Come fall, uh, talk a little bit about the importance of this time of the off season um, and what that means because people don't really see this. Right. They see you know the team come out on the field on Friday nights, but talk a little bit about what this time of the off season is like and what you, you know what your what you as
2: the co- what you as coaches are doing during this, and what the players are doing, and you're you're totally right about that because you know what you see on on Friday is is the finished product. It's not you know you don't get to see what what goes into that, and that's and you know off season is critical. Um, the summer practice is critical weekly practices practice in general is just <laughs> critical to having a good football team but but you know our off season conditioning we're lifting four days a week uh, our coaches are rotating days coming I'm I'm, I'm pretty much there every day uh, you know today was our first day it was a great group of kids I think we had 29 or 30 um, had some older ones a lot of young ones uh, but we they really got after it today they seem like they're excited uh, they're eager to get going uh, you know it's been a been a long process for the players as well and they've kind of been you know uh having to sit back and watch and then anxiously waiting to get started but they were they were a really good group today really excited they, they worked hard extremely hard and uh it's one of them deals you know we'll we'll be working all off season uh of course we got a lot of kids playing other sports too which we encourage i'm glad they are it's a you know, one sport helps the other, helps the other, helps the other. That's what I always say. Uh, so, but anyway, we're we're working hard right now. Hopefully, we get a good good number of kids for spring practice in in late April there, and uh, we'll just we'll just keep chopping wood.
0: So let's um, let's talk about your staff. Uh, what does that look like right now? Um, are you looking to fill positions? Uh, what, what's what's the football staff currently
2: looking like? Yeah, we got. Uh, I think. Most guys back from last year. Uh, we we do. We got I think five five guys back from last year, and then we're we're talking about the other positions filling them. But you know, it's 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 a group that I think it's a good group of coaches. Uh, they were extremely close to the kids. They work hard. They're very knowledgeable. Um, you know, I think uh, coming back, it is a good group of, a good group of coaches. And you know, they they were excited to get to work too. You know, that they've kind of been influx as well and they don't know you know didn't know who was gonna who's gonna be the head coach but it it is a good group of coaches uh like i said they're they're coming in they've been coming in for the past two weeks and meeting with me um they started today lifting with the kids it's uh but they're they're extremely excited to get started as well
0: uh, you know, you coming in as somebody um, totally new, mm-hmm. uh, totally new to the school and uh, totally new to the football program. What's that? What's that like? What are the challenges of coming in as somebody totally new to these kids and to the coaching staff there? And you know, coming in as the new head coach and uh, trying to, you know. <laughs> just a certain uh, you, know, right. you know come in and say alright
2: I'm here yeah. you know let's get this going what's uh, what's that like on your end because I'm right. sure there's some challenges it, to it, that it, it, it's a new situation for me I think because every other place I've, I've went into the two other places it was kind of a whole new staff coming with me and a lot of guys I knew uh, this is you know I'm the new guy there's not many <laughs> other new people right. but uh, it, it, it has been different uh, you know but I think you know, and I kind of—it's kind of the same as as the situation the kids were in. The waiting to get started has been the hardest part for me as well. Uh, I have a good friend. He, uh, you know, he told me a quote from Buddy Ryan uh, that says, you know, when he was with the Eagles and he, and he got fired, they asked him what happened. He said he forgot—he forgot to be his best assistant coach. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to go in. I want to show everybody I'm, I'm here to work. I'm. I'm you know, here to get rolling. I'm not going to sit back and, and, and watch. I'm, you know, I'm here to work with you and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I got a lot to prove to them too. You know, I got to sell myself. So, so, uh, well, you're also, uh, you're also teaching in Russell
0: County now. Yes, so, uh, talk a little bit about that. What do you, uh, what kind of job do you have in the school district
2: now? Yes, yeah, so I'm a special education teacher at, uh, Russell County Middle School. Um, I started Monday, which was yesterday. Uh, to be honest with you, the the staff there has been awesome. Uh, mister Ackman Ackerman's been awesome. Uh, everybody has just been so welcoming, and you know, asking if I need anything and introducing themselves. I'm still struggling to remember everybody's name, but I'm getting <laughs> I'm getting there. Uh, but no, it's honestly it's just been a it's been a super place to come into, and it's kind of tough coming in mid year. You know, everybody's been there three quarters of the year and here come the new guy but it's uh, they've been very welcoming uh, very patient with me you know helping me helping me get rolling but it's just like I said it's been an awesome place so far
0: alright Lucas as we get ready to kind of wrap this up um, you have a message out there for um, Laker fans out there who are, you know kind of hesitant they're not sure about they're not sure about you know a new coach um, right. you know they're not sure about this they want to they want to hear from you what's your message to them and uh about coming out
2: and uh, supporting team this fall? Right, you know, I'm not going to sit here and guarantee we're going to win every game, but I will guarantee that we will probably have the toughest football team every Friday. We're going to be a bunch of Tough kids and tough coaches, and and we're going to have a tough football team. It's not it's not going to be easy to you know we're we're not going to lay over for anybody. But uh, you know we're excited to see everybody out. Uh, stick with us. We're working hard. I can promise you that. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody on Friday. We want to we want to pack the stands. We want to have a have a party every Friday. We got a home game, so we're looking forward to it. All right, Lucas. Thanks for uh, coming in, and uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you, sir. Okay.
0: All right. Thanks to Lucas for uh, joining us. Really enjoy his uh, his attitude and, uh, you know, his energy. He's, he, you know, I was talking to Lucas and he said, I know he said, I know this is a process and I know it's, um, you know, it's going to have its ups and downs. And um, it's not we're not going to come in and go undefeated and win the state title in year one. Right, right. <laughs> I think I think that's a, a I think he knows this is going to be a building process and. Uh, you know, basically said, you know what, I'm willing to be patient with it. And I'm, you know, and hopefully, uh, Derek, the Laker football fans, will be patient as well. This isn't going to be an overnight rebuild. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to
1: take some time. Laker fans and and the supporters of the community need to understand and have reasonable expectations for for Coach Ford, and and hopefully be able to get some more kids out and, and get the program kind of uh, you know re-energized and and headed uh, in a direction that uh that it needs to be going, and uh, I know that uh, he's up to the challenge. Seems like it anyway. So we wish him the best of luck as he moves forward, and his, his workouts
0: are already underway. Yeah, it's a, we're already we're already into the workout phase, and um, it's not going to be too much. I mean, it's, it, I mean, as fast as this basketball season has gone, it feels like it probably won't be too much longer until we're on the verge of week one of the football season, and so <laughs> it comes around fast. Yeah, exactly. the older you get, the, the faster it goes. I tell you. <laughs> Well, with that, uh, Derek, we're going to jump in, and before we uh, wrap things up, we're going to name our athlete of the week, and we're going to go back. We're going to go back a few days here, because, but it's worth going back to because Trey Stringer put forth a great performance uh, last Friday night against Adair County. You know, a rivalry game. Um, you know, the Indians came here. Uh, entered with a record of 15 and 8 uh, you know it was probably you know if you had betting odds on it Adair County was probably the favorite in that <laughs> didn't game didn't see the line but I'm, I'm certain Adair would have been the favorite Yeah, of that one coming in so yeah. uh, but you know in that game Russell County looked like the better team absolutely Yeah, and oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of it comes down to Trey Stringer scored a season high and a I'm almost certainly career high oh, for sure, him sure. with uh, 28 points, knocking down 10 to 15 from the floor. Hit six three pointers, believe it was six of nine from three. Just uh, one of those nights where he was just, he was just knocking down every shot he took, and uh, you know credit to uh, his teammates got him some good looks. Trace did a good job getting his own shots and yeah. uh, was able to just have one of those nights where where he was just. Uh, what was the old, uh, what were the old uh, basketball video games where he, where they catch fire
1: on fire yeah, yeah absolutely it, it felt like
0: he had a, had a little fire icon <laughs> underneath him because he was just knocking down everything he was in the zone that's for yeah. sure and that's one of those games that he will never forget yeah and uh, you know a lot of people that was watching it probably won't forget it because he just a, a great performance by Trace and so uh, we're going to give him our Laker Sports Talk Athlete of the Week because anytime you can have a performance like that against Adair Dare County, it, you deserve that award. Oh yeah, <laughs> makes it even better to do it against a rival like that. Yep. <laughs> so Derek, with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up again. And, Ken and Cur- you know, thank you so much for, for all of y'all who listen and uh, follow the show. Encourage you to go on Apple, Spotify, hit the subscribe button, give us a follow, and um, make sure you're following us on Twitter at LakersportsPod. Pod. Again, uh, thank you all so much. If you have uh, questions, comments, concerns, you can reach out to us there on Twitter. Other than that, Derek, uh, we're going to wrap this up. And as always, we say, Go Lakers!